All right, guys. Uh, little impromptu Cyclone Media podcast here from the Battle for Atlantis. I, I picked up uh, – well, I'm Chris, by the way. It just depends on where you're listening to this feed from because we're going to be all over the place. We're going to be on Cyclone Fanatic, Ames Tribune, um, KXNO. Does this go on the the register site too now? I, I don't even know, man. Like the, the, we're breaking, or we're we're setting all new rules with our uh, well new Gannett Inc. Co. Yeah, or well, so, Gannett Co. Inc. But the, you know, I host Cycle and Insider every Tuesday with the guys. So if it ends up there, great. Um, the more the merrier. But um, yeah, Travis Hines is here with me, and we both just kind of got done with our day, kind of. I mean these these three games in three days. Trips, you're never really done because it just you move on from one to the next. And now, well, at least from my standpoint, because now I have to start like memorizing Alabama. Yeah, and I think like not no one wants to hear us complain. No, no about this, but like these do get to be long days. And I was really jealous on my flight in was uh, a referee was sitting in front of me on the plane, talking to the guy across the aisle, and the guy was like, "Well, how much do you have to work at these things?" And the <laughs> official who will remain nameless said. Two hours a day. <laughs> I was like, "Damn, that sounds good, man." Yeah. yeah. The the uh, the two hours of his day are just two hours of our ten to twelve usually. Okay, before but we're happy to be here, no doubt. Before we get into the Michigan game, I actually I, I think first things first, twenty four hour news cycle, right? People have already kind of moved on to Alabama in my mind. At least I have. Um, I just got I actually got to sit and watch that game. They're better than I thought they would be. Um, they're two and three, but they're super athletic. You know, Kyra Lewis Jr. is really good. Uh, they, they've got some dudes. I think Nate Oates can coach. I don't know how skilled they are. They almost, in a weird way, reminded me of watching Iowa State. Uh, they shot a little better than Iowa State has, but it was a team that competed really hard against North Carolina, but they got out-rebounded like 61-30. to 30. It was incredible. They gave up 24 offensive rebounds and just got owned in that capacity. Uh, what, do, what do you think of Alabama? You probably know them better than I do. At yeah, this I point. only know them a little bit. I mean, I, I follow them. You know, they've got former Iowa State assistant Charlie Henry is on Nate Oates' staff. Nate Oates, of course, is the former high school coach of Will Clyburn. And, uh, and Dominique Buckley. And Dominique Buckley <laughs> at uh, Romulus High School in Detroit Yep. Uh, before having a lot of success at Buffalo. He had a Buffalo team come to Ames yep. uh, one year. Um, so I watched them a little bit. Um, Kira Lewis is really good. Like, I mean, is I think it Kira? Kira, I think, okay. or is it Kyra? I'm, I'm not sure, but I should figure that out. As the uh, voice of the Cyclones, <laughs> you're gonna have to figure that out before tomorrow night. Um, but he's a guy that Iowa State recruited pretty heavily yeah. out of high school. I think that staff, uh, the Alabama staff, was pleasantly surprised that he decided to come back for a sophomore year after Avery Johnson was fired, quit, whatever exactly happened there. He's not there. Yeah, and. Lewis went into the NBA draft process before ultimately returning to school. And that, to me, totally changed their expectations. I think they probably underperformed this year, but, you know, they lost to Penn by one, but it sounded like a weird game because they had somebody go down with an injury at yeah. Rhode Island. Yeah. Um, so th this will be a tricky game. I think Iowa State will – I haven't seen a line yet. I'm guessing Iowa State will be favored, uh, but I bet it will be close to a toss-up. Yeah, I think – I haven't seen a line either. I haven't really even looked, but I, I can't imagine – it's much more than that. I mean, if Iowa State's favorite, it's by one or two. I just um, – across the board, though, I mean, this John Petty Jr. really stood out to me. He played great today. I mean, he was only averaging nine and a, nine and a half coming into this, but 
He played really well against North Carolina. They just are so long, and it, it, I guess it's kind of what I expect with like an SEC basketball team, too. It's more of a physical style. And they were banging around there with North Carolina pretty good and made that a really interesting game. Iowa State a four-point favorite wow. on Ken Pond. Oh, okay. Not a betting favorite. So, but it'll be close to that, yeah, I would guess. It's always close. Yeah. Iowa State will be a two- or three-point favorite, probably. Just pretty good. You nailed it. Yeah. You nailed it. Um, but, yeah, I think that the the thing about what's, what's interesting to me about Bama is, you know, Avery Johnson gone, but you still have a – the most of that team back yeah. from last year. So it's a pretty experienced team. And I don't even know what they were picked at in the SEC, but they probably towards the bottom. Yeah. They, but it's, um, the th- here's the deal, Heinz, and we can kind of blend into Iowa state here. There's really nobody who Iowa state should look at at this point and think of as a layup because Iowa state can't make a shot. You know, this is becoming a, a thing three games in a row. Five for 20 today from three. What was your assessment of that? It's par for the course, right? Like, I mean, I feel like we've been writing this going back to last summer. That shoot, if they were going, A, just there's not a lot of great shooters on this roster. There's there's a, a few good shooters. I don't yeah. know that there's a great shooter. And I guess you could quibble with that with Tyrese Halliburton. But I would say, like, last year when you have the amount of talent and spacing that that team had last year, you and I could shoot 35% from three mm-hmm. just because you had such good looks. He shot 44, I think. I, I, he's better than the 28 or 29 that he's shooting now, but I don't think he's a great shooter like we've seen at Iowa State, whether it's Matt Thomas or Tyrus McGee or Nazmi Trulong. He's a good shooter, not a great shooter. But then you add in the fact that they're committed to playing two bigs, so you're essentially taking a shooter off the floor and replacing him with a big. We knew that shooting was going to be a problem. I didn't think it would be this bad, but it is really, really bad. They're at like 26% for the season, 315th give or take nationally. Um, It's not yet to the point where it's an emergency and it's time to panic because they're only five games into this thing. Yeah. But I've written this before. Every game where this continues to be a problem, to me, lowers where the potential ceiling could be. Like where you have to start wondering, like, can this team even shoot 32%? And in 2019, if you're a – or 2020, I guess, by the time yeah. the end of the season, if you're a team shooting around 30% from three, you're going to have a lot of trouble winning basketball games. Because at the end of the day, yes, it only matters how many – if you outscore your opponent, but it's like fighting with an arm tied behind your back when you're shooting, when you can't make the shot that's worth the most points. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good way to put it. We saw that today. I mean – Iowa State forces and well, Michigan turned it over twenty-two times. Is probably the better way to put that. Yes. And and you still, uh, what, I'm not sure what was Iowa State's turnover number at. It was like high single digits yeah, or it was low not, double digits. It was digit. not a problem. It was significantly lower than Michigan's. Is my point. And you you still come away, you know, with a sizable loss. I mean, Iowa State pulled it back in, and I, I do give the guys credit. They grinded. But, yeah, that, that was a wing and a prayer at the end. They, they, no got, they got pretty well beat all day. And I thought so, too. Doesn't it? The first five minutes of the second half, especially, yeah, they, where Michigan hit, like, three threes, and that's when they really pulled away. So, at the risk of being labeled a pessimist. Shocking. Yeah. Hey, man, I picked the football team to win ten games, so. I picked them to win four. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And I'm usually called the homer. Um at the risk of sounding like a pessimist, to your point, those 22 turnovers Michigan had, I think a lot of them were probably just Michigan. Iowa State did do well playing passing lanes, and I thought Tyrese Halliburton's length absolutely caused Xavier Simpson 
problems. Yeah. That's a big reason why he had eight turnovers. But historically, Prohm's teams do not create turnovers. So this Iowa State team, while getting 22 turnovers, still gave up 83 points. They got absolutely roasted. Yeah, that's not good. Like that is like that's a five alarm fire where you know they're giving up 100 if Michigan commits 11 turnovers. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, no, that's a and then what a 62 percent in the second 62% half. 62 percent in the second half, 58 percent for the game. It was it was bad. It was just bad, bad, bad. And again, I think Michigan's got a nice team, and the way that they're constructed is the is a style of basketball that's going to cause Iowa State problems with the four guards, especially with they got the Wagner kid, who's yeah. six foot nine and can shoot it. That's Iowa State's nightmare, as we saw at Oregon State, where yeah. Tinkle just eviscerated them. If they're going to have problems with a guy like that, and he didn't play great or anything, but it's still a guy you have to account for. But it was his first college yeah. game ever. Yeah, and uh, Livers had 17 points. Yeah. I mean, like, that's this team. So maybe it's not as bad as it was just Michigan is built to beat Iowa State. Mm-hmm. But to my point about it being 2020, every team, every good, not every, most good teams are built like that to play four guards around one center. Yeah, and, and we saw Steve Prohm in the second half go small a lot. Um, Caleb Grill gave some good minutes. I, I liked what he he gave today, but um, bad defensively. He had three steals, but he got beat a couple times on just freshman stuff. Not yeah. Like I think he will be a good defender because yeah. he's got length and athleticism. But you lost his guy, and I mean I think that's I think Prom really wants to play him well, in Jackson. Well, I do think when but if you think about it too, if like when you get down double did Iowa State's down thirteen or whatever, those guys can shoot. I mean, theoretically, by, and theoretically <laughs> yeah. But like, if you break down that whole roster, It'll like, be, if you need threes, do you want Grill out there or Jacobson or you know, yeah. like, if I don't know, I'm just I'm curious because we saw them go small. I wonder if somebody would chart it how many minutes they played small in the second half, and I wonder if that's just Steve playing to the fact that him thinking, oh, we're down double digits in the second half, or if they're considering doing that more. So you you weren't in the press conference because you were doing radio, but Steve was brought up that exact fact and was act, asked that exact oh, thing. Oh, okay, what did he say? I think he was intrigued because he said specifically that that four-guard lineup got them back in the game. But when asked about are you going to keep doing it going forward, he really kind of backed up his front court with Mike Jacobson, George Condit, and Solomon Young. So I don't think we're going to see it immediately. But at some point, and I don't even know if it's a cure-all because those freshmen – while I think are really promising, like they make freshman mistakes. And, yeah. you know, th- th- those guys I don't think are Tyrese Halliburton or Monte Morris as freshmen that can no. come in and just be awesome from the get-go. So I, I don't They're know. They're more like maybe, and you, you hope, remember Naz like is a freshman. He was terrible. Yeah. And, but I, <laughs> so hopefully he's better yeah, than Yeah, I, but you, you see him. my point, though, yeah. and like he turns into this really good yes. player. I guess that's kind of what you hope for with a guy like, guys like that. Yeah, and I guess the issue for Iowa State is, with the way their roster is constructed right now, they need those guys to contribute. Yeah. Because otherwise they don't have backup guards. And, you know, Rasir Bolton, I made a he's, – he's the Applebee's of three-point shooting right now. You know, he's, two, he's eating good in the neighborhood. He's two for 20 from oh. three this year. <laughs> uh. So, you like that? That's good. Again, he's, he's a better shooter than that most likely, but two for 20 is really bad. And they need somebody to make shots. They need Halliburton to make shots. Nixon, I thought, looked okay shooting the three today. He had a couple in transition that were pretty, and then he airballed one from the corner and a heat check. So, I mean, like, I think everything starts and stops. The genesis of all Iowa State's issues right now, I think, is just the roster construction in that it might be in their best interest to play two bigs all the time. 
but the problems that are inherent to that type of basketball are causing what we're seeing with the three-point shooting. I think it's causing problems for their defense, especially when Condit's not on the floor because they don't have a shot blocker. Although, credit to Mike Jacobson, swatted the absolute hell out of John Teske, the seven foot one kid from Michigan. What about Halliburton's block? That was great, dude. Ty- that was a play of the game. Tyrese was so good today. Like yeah. I was sitting next to some NBA guys, and like they were salivating. Like he was so good today. I mean, I will be if he continues on this path. Like I don't think he'll be back unless he just wants to continue his college career. Because man, he looked like a top twenty five pick to me today. Yeah, um, and th- I mean the shooting is well, the shooting. So let me ask you this though, because I, I I told you this right after the game and. It's probably coincidence because it's the only other game I've called this year. But it, it reminded me a little bit of that Oregon State game where Halliburton didn't score in the first half, and kind of in the second half he just put the team on his back. Now, it wasn't that extreme today, but he did have a career high. And I thought in the second half he kind of just – he was still I, – I don't know. I feel like Tyrese thinks of himself as a distributor – where this team kind of needs him to step up and be the man earlier on. Is that fair? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think he's got to figure out a way to blend those two styles because in the second half he had 14 points but zero assists. Yeah, so good you, point. Like, I don't think – But you, guys have to make shots to get an assist. That's that's very fair. That's very fair. So, But if he can find a way to be aggressive – and I think, what was it, the Northern Illinois game? Was that, was that their last home game? No, Missis- Southern Miss. Yeah, Southern last. Miss, like where he was getting into the defense – and then kicking out, like that to me is where Iowa State's – that's their best offense because he's either going to be able to finish at the rim or he's going to be able to create shots for the outside. But to your point, those guys have got to make it. But theoretically, like by just – that's good offense even if the shots don't go in. And it also plays to his strengths because he's able to either score, which is great, yeah. or distribute, and he's a great distributor. He is such a good passer. He's got great vision, but he's also just so clever with the, the angles that he uses to, to make passes. Like, yeah. He had like a drop-off to, I think, Condit today that was just like beautiful. Yeah. And it, are you surprised he's not playing more at this point? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I think it would be interesting to hear what the staff thinks about that because I think Steve, as we've seen over the last five years, really defers to his upperclassmen. No doubt. And Solomon's and, playing well. Yeah, Solomon played really well yeah. today. but. He can't do the things that Condit can do. Correct. And I think Condit can do a lot of the things that Solomon Young can do. I don't think he can make that 15-footer, which where the hell did that come from today? Yeah, no Solomon doubt. Solomon Young was, like, on fire from the mid-range. Yeah. Um, he, I, I saw, um, I think it was Kevin Fitzpatrick tweet. I think it was him, Mike, that it was, like, his inner Jeff Beverly. Or, you remember Jeff Beverly? Oh, I remember Jeff Beverly. Pop out and hit those shots. He was as good of a 15-foot shooter in the country. 15-footer from the baseline. Jeff Beverly I, could not be stopped. You probably don't want to be compared to Jeff Beverly, though. No, uh, and clearly Solomon is is, is a much better. is a much better player. But I don't know. It's I just feel, and I, I just get a feel for this. It's he he kind of it to me reminds me of Tyrus McGee off the bench, just from that energy. Remember kind of it, you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Remember when Tyrus would come off the bench and oh, like it was electric. Yeah. I. I feel that way when Condit's on the floor. Well, and the thing with Condit too, like if you're a six foot ten, six foot eleven big man, like you're not gonna play thirty minutes a game, probably, right? Like Correct. just from a fatigue standpoint. So what did he play today? I don't have the box score, but I mean, I, I think you're probably maxing him out at about twenty five minutes. So you're not gonna see huge helpings of him, I don't think. You, like you can say he should, I, maybe he could play more, but you're probably getting towards the upper limits of it just 
based on fatigue of a big guy, I would think. And think about it, a couple things. One, it's November 27th, and yeah. you always have to remember that when you're analyzing these things. Two, we don't have the luxury of seeing what's going on from, you know, in between games and whatnot. I just feel like if you're going to field Iowa State's five best players, George Condit's on there. I think Condit has by far the most upside of all the three bigs, but I think Jacobson has been the most consistent and I don't think we've given Jacobson credit for how good he's been because he doesn't do anything great. Yeah. He's not super exciting to watch. And he's an older guy, so there's like this you're bumping up against the ceiling probably and, and remember, of his potential. Think about too, like how good he was like in Kansas City yeah. last year. So and, he has that level. Yeah. So I just I I think if everybody's playing their absolute at their absolute best, yes, George Condon's there. I don't think he always plays his absolute best. And That's I think fair. I think Jacobson plays closer to his ceiling consistently, which is admittedly lower than Condit's ceiling, but he's closer to it more than Condit is, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I'm not even like saying I think that Condit should start. I don't even I like the role yeah. of him coming off the bench. Like I said with the Tyrese deal, I just um maybe to me it's just a it's an interesting deal. I feel like we've seen this with Prome too. This is this is quite common. Yeah, and to get to your point about getting the five best on the floor. Maybe the most concerning, or at least like make you raise your eyebrow about things going forward for Iowa State, is Zion Griffin only playing two minutes and a rough two minutes. Oh, it was bad. Because yeah. to unlock this team, like him being good at the four, that op- that opens a world of new possibilities for Iowa yeah. State because he is that stretchy four, that athletic four, the modern four. Frankly, if he could wedge his way in there to get real minutes and be a real contributor, I think that totally changes the realm of possibilities for Iowa State. I don't know if it's moving in that direction. Today was a step back, I thought. Yeah. Um, and, again, it was one game in a ballroom in the Bahamas, so who the <laughs> hell knows if uh, yeah if it's going to be an issue and, going forward. But that, to me, was like, that's like, ah, you'd like to see that go the other way if you're Steve Prohm. Yeah. All right. Um, Should we talk about the ballroom? Okay, that's good. I think we've broken down this yeah. game enough. This, to me, is – We've been here like a day. This is like your like hip hop, like hip cool preseason tournament now. Maui like has the Maui is like classic. Um, you know, it's it's the tournament still. Like I, I won't take that away from it. Like as we record this, we have Maui, Maui. is the Oscars. This is the MTV Movie Awards. Oh, that's perfect. Woo! MTV Movie Awards. I but love like it. in two thousand one, I, I love it. <laughs> like, but everything from like the rap music at like in timeouts to the the lighting to like I don't know if you've heard, but they've been playing that Master P basketball song. Yeah, like in the lobby. This is. This is like the millennial version of preseason basketball tournaments. And it is by far the best field this year. This year. Like, yeah. We've got on the, we're in Williams's hotel room right now. We've got the, the Maui final on. It's Kansas and Dayton. Yeah. Not, you know, obviously, like you thought Michigan State would be there. That would have been a great final. Yeah. But like that's just, especially compared to the field they had last year when Iowa State was there. So this is Kansas Dayton last year. It was Duke Gonzaga. Yeah, both I think were top five at the time. Why is it that Gonzaga follows Iowa State around at these tournaments? I don't know, but I like it. I love watching Gonzaga. I love Mark Few, big Mark, Mark Few guy. They, their teams are fun. I love that they always have like an international flavor because it's guys you've never heard of that are suddenly amazing college basketball players. Whether yeah. it was Rui Hachimura or Killian Tilly, um, lots of fun. I uh, 
I had already separated from you last night, but I was in the hotel lobby, and I didn't even know that the Duke game was going on. They're playing the, the Stephen F. Austin deal. I'm sure most of the listeners have heard or seen it by now. And the place goes crazy. Like, just – and it was all the North Carolina fans. It was one of the cool – the best part about these deals is when you just mix up fan bases. You've seen it in Kansas City, but it's so unique here. That was my first taste of the hatred between Duke and North Carolina. And I also heard from some people that they heard, like, all the rooms went crazy, and it was the <laughs> North Carolina players watching that game. That's funny. Yeah, I love these things because, like, just walking over to your room, which is, like, a 20-minute walk <laughs> from the arena to here, even though it's all in, theoretically in the same building. Um, like, I'm walking in the hallway, and it's me standing next to Greg Anthony and Cole Anthony. Yeah. Like, so you're just like, and then the I got on the elevator with the half the Seton Hall team. It's just a very interesting experience. Obviously, like, this is on the extreme end. Maui's on the extreme end. But I highly recommend, like, whoever's listening to this is probably here, because Iowa State has a huge contingent. Yeah, no doubt. Here. No doubt. But if you can make one of these tournaments, even if it's, like, the Emerald Cold Emerald Coast Classic next year, I highly recommend it if you're a big basketball fan. You get to see great basketball. The environments are cool, and it's just a unique experience that it's like the NCAA tournament, but without like the it's with lowered stakes. Everyone's yeah. in a better mood because in the NCAA tournament, everybody's like, "My seasoning can end," or my my career, yeah, or like these coaches could be fired. Yes. And- so it's like almost like I would, it's it's like a better spring training. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I actually was talking to some fans last night. I was like, I would do one of these over an NCAA tournament any day. Like I wouldn't even because well you know how you know you're getting three games yeah. the NCAA tournament you can drive down to o- Tulsa Oklahoma and have to turn around and go home that and like the best part to me about the NCAA tournament isn't watching my team play it's watching all the other games like there's just to complain about our great jobs again yeah yeah you don't get to watch any games when you're covering these things <laughs> no you're you're right but I, I'm just saying like for just the common fan like at home. Like, the NCAA tournament is, it's like this prestigious two-day deal the first two days. And, like, you all did it there in your childhood. And you you can, you all have your office pools and stuff. Stay and watch the games. I'm not, I guess I'm not telling people not to travel to yeah. them. But if you're going to pick, like, this this or even Kansas City is a much better option. I think this is the much better option because you can plan it years in ahead. And you know you're going to be able to watch your team play three games. In Kansas City, again, you could go down there yeah. and not watch them play. The locations are great. Um Iowa State is, I think, unofficially going back to Maui in 2024, so start saving now. That was a great trip. This one's a great trip. Highly recommend Which one do you like more, just what, what you've seen so far? Hmm. Good question. I like... I didn't, I've never been to Maui. I so. like that this is all under one roof, essentially. Yeah. It's like some Maui's in the Lahaina Civic Center, and then like the teams are kind of spread out. I like that this is all self-contained. It gives it that, I think, more intimate feel. Uh, but, like, you know, I'm – how old am I? 33 years old. Like, Maui's got the prestige that – Oh, yeah. Never, no doubt. Know, of our age. But maybe that changes in 15, 20 years because they're drawing great fields here. It's easier to get to than Maui. Yeah. You know, like, Maui, like, that's a whole day it takes to get there. Um, they're both great. If you can do both – or if you can do either of them, you're uh, you're ahead of the game. All right. Um, 5.30 on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, yeah, five thirty local time. Turkey with the cyclones. Turkey with the cyclones. You'll, 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 you'll probably be just waking up from your nap by the time the game. Yeah, your your coma, your food coma, whatever you want to call it. I kind of forgot tomorrow's Thanksgiving. What are we gonna do? I forgot tomorrow's Thanksgiving until you. Can just we said find that. turkey here? I would imagine they have turkey. We've got all day to. 
yeah. hang out really until yeah. 5.30. I wish that, um, well, we'll see. Like, because Black Friday, there's football and stuff. Tomorrow, it's, eh, I mean, there's NFL. It's NFL. It's, Thanksgiving is an NFL day. Yeah, which I'm not as, I'm not nearly as into unless the purple and gold are playing. But we'll. Not even your uh, number two team, the Cowboys? Well, I, What's I Mike would. Mike Williams doing tomorrow? He, he's locked in. Yeah. Uh, he's locked into the Cowboys and the Clones. But, like, I don't, I don't even know who the Lions are. I think the Bears, like, whatever. You know, but the JV teams in the NFC North. It's going to really piss off a lot of the KXNO podcast listeners right now. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm not, though. They are the JV teams. Um, Anyways, all right, man. You got anything else you want to add, or are we good? I think we're good. I mean, the other, like, no, we were probably a little doom and gloom on this, but to your point that you said earlier, it's November 27th. No doubt. And I think the good thing for Iowa State, while maybe the shooting has a lower ceiling, I think a lot of their problems are fixable in that it's not like those dudes can't play ball like i think there's still a talented team no doubt i think prom is just and he's readily said this like they're still kind of moving pieces around to figure out what works yeah so i think you know you give him a month he's been very open about yeah, that. yeah and i think that's smart because like they could this could go badly from a record standpoint because like if you don't win tomorrow then you're probably getting southern miss who you're gonna beat because you beat the hell out of him at hilton but who cares and then you got seton hall Who's, who's a monster? Have you seen them walking around? Yeah. Those guys are massive. Yeah, and their best player is the small guy, Miles Powell. Yeah. Um, and then you got Iowa, which you probably beat Iowa at home, but I don't think that's going to be a big win. But my point well, would be – But would it? it's not a sure thing right now. No. But, like, even if you beat them, I think you're looking at – They're a lower-tier that, Big Ten That's not a quad one or two win. No. So you're talking about going 0 for 4 in your resume games in the non-conference. That ain't great. Which you can overcome that in the Big Twelve yeah. because the Big Twelve so good, but Oregon State, Alabama, Michigan, Seton Hall, you gotta probably win one of those games. So big games, so. big game on Thursday. Yeah, I do think so. I, I I think it's a tough one. I'm I didn't really know much about Alabama, but just like I kind of led with sitting and watching them up close, I was like, wow, they're they're just dudes. Like they're super athletic. They're really big. And I think that they're going to give um, Iowa State all that they that they can handle on, on Thursday. So, all right, he's Travis Hines. Uh, I'm Chris Williams. Happy Thanksgiving, I guess. Right? Happy Thanksgiving. That's how we should sign off. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, gobble, gobble, gobble. <laughs> gobble, gobble, gobble. Um, and we'll maybe, we'll maybe we'll do another one of these tomorrow night. We'll see. Your family's coming to town, right? My family is coming to town. Awesome. So I won't be able to see you anymore. No, you can definitely you can hang out with the Heinzes. All right, hanging I, with the Heinzes. Yeah, I mean, uh, my, my daughter would like the, love to hang out with you. That sounds sounds like a cover band of some sort. Maybe it is. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like a really bad Hallmark movie. <laughs> That's what I, mean. I was thinking. It reminds me of like Christmas with the Cranks, but like you know, yeah, but a, even worse. No, that's a great movie, but that's a whole other deal. All right, thanks for listening, guys. Happy Thanksgiving.